Hi, I'm Tiffany Patlin, host of the Tiffany Talks Health and Wellness Podcast, where I discuss tools, tips, and techniques to heal your mind, body, and soul. I am on a godly mission to heal the world. Welcome, Tiffany Talks listeners, to another episode. I have a lovely guest for you. Her name is Stephanie Cerrone, and she is a licensed transformologist facilitating the world's only female-specific transformation process. And this is based on the science of epigenetics, revolving, uh, resolving chronic emotional issues and intergenerational trauma to create... Um, Instant, guaranteed, and irreversible change. Stephanie specializes in working with women who suffer from self-doubt to uncover the true, confident version of themselves under the rubble of self-criticism. Oh, I can relate. Thank you, (laughs) Stephanie, for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Tiffany. I'm really excited to be here with you. Thank you. As am I. I really want to just... I'm I'm grateful to give you this platform because I think the work that you are doing is incredibly amazing. I understand, you know, being in that position of self-criticism, especially being a woman and a mom, a mom, you know, in charge of your mind. You're always worried that you're making a mistake, that you messed up, you're doing something wrong. Like talk about self-criticism. I mean, but I think every human goes through that, wouldn't you say? Yeah, 100%. Unfortunately, you know, how good would it be if that wasn't a part of our world that we just believed in ourselves and we knew that we were doing a good enough job mm-hmm. and that we were good enough as as us? Yes, yes, I agree. But that's why we're blessed to have people like you. <laughs> yeah, 100%. And it's just such an honour to be able to facilitate that for women so that they can get to that place. Agreed. So would you share with us, I'm really curious as to how it is that you got into this line of work. Usually people have a backstory of something that they've overcome that kind of led this, led them into this line of work. So if you would, please share with us what that was for you. Yeah, sure. Thanks. Um, So it was really a culmination of things as I grew up, but sort of starting from the moment that I realized that something had sort of changed. So when I was young, my parents um, divorced and split up and we moved. I moved with my mom and was four of us young kids and we moved towns, moved schools. And that was when I was in year three. So I sort of just got plopped into a new life. And I, I was that shift where I realised that other people had a perception of me and like had thoughts about what I should be doing and how I should be reacting and the things that I should be saying, the things I should be wearing as this child and it was a bit of a like a reality slap because it was I think for me I realized very quickly that it was very important to me to fit in I felt 
Like I was safe if people accepted me and liked me. So I just did everything that I thought people wanted me to do. Mm. So I would just try to have friends and try to say the right things and agree with people and be the nicest person and be the friendliest and be the best at everything. And I had this huge perfectionist tendency and huge expectations on myself to just like just live up to all the expectations. Guilty. (laughs) How exhausting is it, right? Yes. It's so hard. Like it's such a big thing to put on us on ourselves. It is. So yeah, that was sort of year three. Year three. Like I realized that, and as I went through life, same sort of thing. I was trying to find who I was because I was a bit of a tomboy. But then I got judged for for that, and mm. um, I also had a lot of health, like not really health issues, but un like just undiagnosed stuff I would have really bad earaches and really bad stomach pains that I was just screaming in agony but I couldn't they couldn't figure out what it was they almost took my appendix out at one point Mm -hmm. um and like they had fasted me overnight and were going to take them out in the morning and then the doctor came in and said all right like we're ready to do this and I lied and said I was fine because I was just petrified and he said if you can hop get out of the bed and hop then you can go home. And I did. I was in excruciating, but I, I made myself hop and I haven't had the pain since. It's like, I think this, I had this constant anxiety and just stress, you know, it's stressful to try and feel like you're not, you're not good enough. You don't belong. And you have all of that, that bully that lives in your mind, telling you all these negative things about yourself every day. So as I grew up, I um, I also got into a relationship that was really um, abusive, like emotionally um, and with like a narcissistic, very manipulative person. And that was my first relationship. And it was sort of the end of school and out of school. So it just really depleted any level of self-worth that I had left, <laughs> like a tiny little bit left and it just chipped chipped that away and I really felt like I didn't deserve happiness, I didn't deserve good things, I didn't deserve to be treated well, that I was, I started to believe that I was a bad person because if someone could tell me that I was a bad person, I wasn't causing them to treat me this way, I must be, I must be doing something wrong and because I think I the approval from others and the validation from others and acceptance from from others was important. So when I wasn't getting that being what I thought I needed to be, it was just like, well, who am I? Like, what do I do? Um, I didn't understand what manipulation was or what narcissists were or anything like that at that point in my life. And you don't even think to, like, I felt like I couldn't talk to anyone about it because it's like really hard to explain. You're you're getting like these mind games and you don't even realize what's happening, let alone trying to explain it to someone else. I understand. I really do. I, it, I feel like my heart's cracking a little bit because I'm like, oh my gosh, I know what she's talking about. You know what I mean? And and I know it's not just me. And, you know, that's why I'm, I'm, I too am in this line of work because I feel like the more of us that are out there that can just help others, you know, the, the, better this world will be. And because I know that you, you know, we're not alone in this, you know, there's so many 
that have, I think, experienced, I think everybody has experienced it. I think it's maybe just different levels, right? Yeah. Some of us, it's my, it's like out of hand and others, it might be just, you know, a tiny bit, you know, we're all different and unique, but I think we all really do experience it. But when it gets to those higher levels, and especially like you said, who are you supposed to talk to? How do you explain it? Yeah. You know? <laughs> It's not like you're born knowing this kind of stuff. They're not teaching this stuff in school. So how are you supposed to know? A hundred percent. And that's what they should be. You know, there should be something on that, you know, so that people can realize, oh, that's what's happening to me. I'm in this situation. What? Well, this isn't normal. I'm not supposed to be feeling this. People aren't supposed to be treating people this way. Yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So what was your... Well, actually, I wanted to, when you started talking about that, um, you were seeking validation, and then you went into this relationship, would you say that getting into this type of relationship, were you like being attracted to somebody like of your past, like maybe a family member, a parent, a sibling? Because I know sometimes that happens, and I just want to know if that by chance took place in your life. I don't believe so. I think what it was for me was the feeling like somebody like loved me, like feeling that. So I feel like it was the the pattern that I felt like was safe because I didn't, I didn't actually even like this person. I didn't even like them. They kept mm. like wearing me down to the point where I just said, fine, like we can be in a relationship. Like I never actually liked them, wow. which is ridiculous. But I think it was that underlying, that very, very low self-worth that someone like that found space to weasel their way in because there, were, there, was, no, there was so much space there because I was just – had no self-worth, no self-confidence. So it was like, come on in. Wow. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I'm just, again, I feel like so many women do that to themselves. And I really want women out there to know how precious, you know, you are, you know, you are worthy, even though we believe that um, it's not true. Um, when you were talking about all those things that you believed about yourself, um, the first thing that popped into my head was the saying that I go by is that your, your trauma lied to you because I believe what you experienced, you know, was traumatic to you. And those experiences have a tendency to just lie to you and whisper and tell you all these lies and, and you believe it, but it's not true. And, you yeah. know, the mind believe whatever the mind believes it achieves. So it goes out and looks for these situations subconsciously and you're basically confirming it to yourself. Right. And it's like, Over and, again. and we're doing it to ourselves. <laughs> yeah. It's a horrible pattern. And it's like, you've already been through this horrible thing and then you're telling yourself horrible things and on repeat and it's just playing out again. Then you're seeing all these things around you because it's creating the proof. And it is, it's just a horrible cycle that you didn't start. At the, in the first place. Mm -hmm. What would you say for you was that turning point in your life? What was the final straw where you said, I can't live like this anymore, or I need help, or I need to change? Or what was that for you? And was it more than once? I know some people, it's not just one thing. Sometimes it's different. So what was that for you? 
Yeah, so two for me. One was just getting out of that relationship. Like I don't know how I did it because I had had no like healing of the things that I needed healing of and I had no had not raised my self-worth in any way but I must have been just enough for like within myself to I just realized like this isn't I just pictured like my wedding day it was just randomly too it wasn't in like a really bad time but I was just thinking like that's supposed to be a time where all your family is just so happy for you and like they're supportive of the relationship and that you're so excited to spend your life with this this person that absolutely loves you. I was like that is not that is not what's happening here. This is none of that. Um so I I got like getting out of that making that decision just in that in that moment I was just like this isn't for me. And it was so hard like the because when someone's manipulating you they feel like they still can, even once you made a decision. And I'd made that decision over and over again and it didn't, like it didn't stick with this time. I was just like, no, this is, this is not for me. You know, this is not going to be my life. Um, but then the other, the other big one came when, because I've basically been bullied my whole life. So I was like bullied as a child, bullied in that relationship and bullied through work um, after that fact. And I found my now husband who's just the most beautiful incredible human and I realized how broken I was when I then got into that relationship because he was being such a kind genuine decent human being but I had not I one I didn't expect that from men I expected I had my own beliefs about men because of what I'd seen um but also, like, I just thought people would, were pretending and that after a certain while that would change um, and that I didn't deserve to be treated well. So all of the beautiful things that he would say and do, I just felt like he's chosen, like, he's he doesn't see that I'm not deserving of this. Like, he's chosen the wrong person. People do get treated like this, but not me. <laughs> Wow. Those are those lies, right? Yeah. I would he would write me these beautiful letters and read them to me and I would just cry just mm. because I was just like, no, like you don't get it. This is this this is not like you don't see me like when he was, but he wasn't I because I saw myself so differently to how he saw me. And I realized that I was just so traumatized from what I've been through and that I was putting it on him that he had to break all of these ideations and all of this baggage down that I'd brought in and it wasn't fair and I just I I was so anxious so depressed um through I was overworked as well at work there's just so many things I developed chronic pain as well it just got to the point where I was just like I cannot keep going like this this is just I, I'm not living. I'm just this little. I felt like I was just sucking the joy out of life and everything around me. And I'd look at my husband and be like, "Why are you here? <laughs> and what do you benefit in any way from this? Like, yeah, well, you still Why are you still sucking around." That's real. That's so real. <laughs> And if you see yourself as this just joy sucker, it's like, why does someone want to be part of that? Yes. Yes. I feel you. Um, <laughs> I love what you said, though, with the first point is that it wasn't 
And I want our listeners to know this because a lot of times we feel like you have to hit a rock bottom in order to start that transformational change. But for you, it seems like it was almost a moment of clarity for you. Like you were just all of a sudden thinking about your future and you're like, wait a minute. No. <laughs> yeah, hold up. Yes. And I think that's important because you don't have to wait for rock bottom. It's not necessarily going to be a rock bottom. I don't think we should wait for a rock bottom if you can help it. You know, and I think that's why asking yourself those deep questions about what you really want. And I get that that's challenging because you have all those lies telling you that you don't deserve to have what you want, that you're not worthy and deserving of good things. It's a vicious cycle. But that's why I'm glad that, again, you you do what you do, because I know that you help women through that, through that process. Yeah. Um, the process that you help women with now, is that what you did for yourself? Yes. So it's a method that you get trained in. So the training's done through the Uninstitute of Women in this method. And so it speaks directly to the female mind, which is very different to men's minds, um, but it changes that self-talk and and all of those cycles that we find we can't get out, out of ourselves those things that are just replaying in our mind and so for me like I tried um, I tried talk therapy I tried so many different things and I just found myself worse because I knew what was wrong like I knew how I felt and I it wasn't helping me get out of that and thankfully finding this method absolutely completely took all of myself down away that negative that bully that lived in my head was gone that self-worth that I don't think I even really remember having maybe as like a seven-year-old just that confident happy that spark yeah. all of that that was what I got in all in all at once and it was just like this is everything that I've been needing my whole life wow yeah. I love that. That's beautiful. Um, and that's the name of your business, Uncover the True You. And it sounds like that that's exactly what you just described. You discovered, you uncovered the true you, which wasn't that person who was unworthy and undeserving, um, who has to tell her husband, why are you here? <laughs> who deserves to have a husband like that <laughs> there doting on her and loving her. <laughs> You're so cute. I love that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's so true. And it's, it's, you know, the, the amount of women out there that feel the same, it's just, yeah. it's not okay. Like women should know that they're lovable people and that they deserve happiness and love. Like, come on it's so simple but it's so hard when you don't feel that yeah so can you share with our listeners um what is one of your favorite I'm sure you have quite a few but can you share one of your favorite transformation stories like one of your clients that came to you where she was to where she is now yeah um the one that comes to mind for me is a mum a mum that with two young boys and she was just just so highly anxious so mm. she would she felt like she was going crazy I remember her telling me that she would cry to her husband mm. and just be like I think I'm going crazy like mm. because the pressure of having to be 
her and having everything that she'd gone through, she'd gone through like a um, very similar childhood to me, like a broken family. But her dad was also an alcoholic and had a lot of fear around different things. So she found that that a lot of the fear and the anxiety, she had a lot of control issues. So it was like, I need to have everything this way and that was her trying to keep everything together but if it wasn't that way and you know the the food wasn't cooked at a certain time and the bed the kids weren't asleep and in bed and bath and everything at a certain time and everything wasn't planned out she would be so stressed and she couldn't sleep she would rip her kids out of bed at night time because she would be thinking that there was something like that they were not breathing or something was going to happen to them um just this constant feeling of like vulnerability and that she wasn't safe and she couldn't protect her kids and just yeah like and then when we were working together we'd only done one session and she crashed her car into like sorry her husband's car at the car park like not a bad crash but she just crashed into another car and she was just cool as a cucumber she was like oh yeah I'm just gonna have to explain to him what happened but I don't really care still went into the shops and got all the food and everything with her kids I'll just blame the kids (laughs) wow that's that's growth significant growth because I understand that I used to be that way my husband would be so sweet do the laundry and fold towels And if he did not fold it the way that I wanted it folded, there was that control piece. If he did not fold it the right way, I would go undo it and fold it the right way. (laughs) The right way. I believed it was the right way. And (laughs) this crazy need for control, you, you felt so out of control as a child that now as an adult, if you can control something, you will. And to an unhealthy degree. And that's what you're describing with this person. And to know, to just hear the growth of like, she got into this fender bender and she was cool as a cucumber. Like that is significant growth right there. I love that. Yeah. And that was after only one session and she was checking in, like checking in with me with, she just sent me a voice message and she was like, oh, I just crashed my car. I'm thinking, oh, what's, what's coming next? Like, she was like, oh, it's all fine, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so good. But that's it. It just completely changes the, you know, how we react in a certain situation. So we normally have our normal reactions and they're not – that. that's not a response that we choose. It's a reaction that happens before we even really know what's happening. And they. that's where you actually have to break that cycle because we can – we can think a thought or we can react a certain way and then we can logically go, oh, it's okay and and really just reframe it and try and make ourselves calm down and see it a different way and go, oh, it's not really like that or it's all, it's all going to be fine. But we've already reacted. The reaction mm-hmm. is happening without our control. So it's changing that from actually happening in the first place so that we don't have something that we've got to then, if we haven't peaked, then we don't have to come all the way back down from it if that makes sense. Yes, it does. It reminds me of that saying, um, to think before you act. But I think a lot of us who have a lot of trauma, and like you said, it's that that pattern, that cycle, um, that habit, if you will. And it's um, if you're just so used to not thinking and just reacting, then you just react. I think a lot of people do that. And that's where self-awareness uh-huh. comes into play. If you pay attention to what you're doing and and if you can stop yourself, you know, break that cycle, like you said, you can actually process and think through, like, 
and respond. Talk about control. The only thing you really can control is how you respond. <laughs> respond, yeah. I think that's the really important part because, you know, think thinking first, although that sounds great, that's almost impossible when you've got those other reactions, hap- like when you've got those triggers happening because yeah. you can't, it's, it's not a thought that happens first. Thinking comes after. The reaction is what comes first. That's our survival brain. All of those things just happen on autopilot. Our logic comes after that. So we can't actually think first unless we're not triggered. Right. So we actually have to fix the fix the reason we're being triggered, do that work first so we don't get triggered. So our logical mind and we, is there for us constantly and we are we can choose to respond. Telling someone who's triggered or emotional, or have chronic emotions, or like this, these patterns that are ingrained to think first is like it's all very well and good, but it's going to be almost impossible. Or like calm down. Yeah. Somebody that's in the middle of that. <laughs> yeah, that really helps, doesn't it? <laughs> you would think telling somebody to calm down when they're up to here would be helpful, but it's really not. Um, That's a good question or a little tip. What would you say somebody should say? What is a a positive thing to actually say to somebody, whether like maybe a husband's listening and his wife is like that or vice versa, or maybe even their children. If somebody's reacting in a crazy way or an elevated way, what would you say is something that you could say that would actually be calming for that person? Mm, probably there's not much words that are really going to help other than just the message that you're you're here like yeah this is hard or this sucks or whatever like instead of trying to give advice because in that moment like when we're emotional we're not logical our logical mind shuts off and so we can't really comprehend intelligent things at that moment so really just knowing that you're there to support them um for, it's really about the person themselves, to be honest. Like there's nothing that's – like you can make it worse, obviously, <laughs> by saying things, but you can't really fix it. It's the person that's having that reaction that's really got to make the choice to to shift. So a lot of the – normally emotions come from something. So if we're in in a situation, it's, it's doing what we need to do to resolve that either, whether it be having a conversation – setting a boundary, moving away, taking some time. But if we are finding that like we're quite triggered a lot of the time, um, we can do peripheral exercises, but it is that it is that person that needs to do them. It's sort of especially women because we get hyper-focused. So it's seeing as far as we can in our peripherals while looking forward that gets us back to that calm state. Um, out of focus so that's a really simple like that's probably the simplest way but if you find that's happening a lot it's showing that that you've got like chronic emotions and patterns that really could do well with actually resolving so you're not getting that happening over and over again (laughs) because our emotions aren't supposed to feel like that that they're overtaking us and we don't know what to do and that other people are having to try to uh take this on and then you know it's almost like we're affecting a lot of others around us with that as well which we don't want that that's not healthy we don't want that happening 
Agreed wholeheartedly, especially if you have children, because they're little yeah. sponges, you know, and they they mimic and copy everything that they do, even if it's not really warranted. It's just like a natural thing that they do. So I agree with you. Um, you were making me think of something. Um, I, I'm doing a lot better now, so I don't feel like my emotions overtake me to that degree where I'm not in control, but I still have moments, you know, and I noticed that something my husband does now, which I'm like, huh, I wonder if that, if he were to have said this to me back then, if it would have been a lot more helpful than calm down. Cause I remember when he would say <laughs> calm down. It's like, just picture him grabbing that. What is that flammable liquid and squeezing it on the fire and <laughs> <laughs> That's what it felt like. Yes. <laughs> but, but what my husband tells me these days now, which I really appreciate, is he says, How can I help you? Yeah. And it just it just I end up taking a deep breath and I'm like, it it's so helpful mm -hmm. um now. So I don't know if that would be helpful to anybody in, in that. It may or may not, but I you, you reminded me of that when you were saying all that. Um, I just really appreciated it because he wasn't telling me what to do. He wasn't, you know, trying to fix it, like you said. He was being supportive. Yeah. And he doesn't know what to do, <laughs> like most men. So, so yeah. Yes. And I really appreciate that because it's like, whatever I want, you know, it's whatever I want, he's willing to do. Like, how can yeah. I help you? And that is so beautiful to have that support. Like it is, it is really simple, but it's also empowering that he did that because he's giving you back the power as like, what do you need? And then you can, be, a lot of the time, that's where you'll step up and go, oh, actually I can do something for myself here or I'm going to be okay or whatever it might be. Or you can then assertively say, I think I need this or whatever. And, you know, it is, it is empowering in that, in that way as well. It's, it's, you know, so simple, but it's just very supportive. I love that you said that empowering. That's exactly how it feels. And like you said, it does give you space to either accept help or step up and handle this on your own. That's exactly how it feels. I love how you worded that. Um, I'm curious, um, are, is the stuff that you touched on, stuff that you're going to be speaking on in this amazing masterclass that you have going on? Yes. Yeah, so the masterclass covers, it covers my story and you can actually see footage of me beforehand of where I was, where I was talking about explaining where I was and after. Also a lot about the female mind and how we actually think and why we need something specific um, and also um, really helping to identify the things that you're specifically dealing with and connecting with those and figuring out your own patterns as well. I love that. Uh, and um, you guys have the link is down below. It'll also be in the description box with all her other links. She has a beautiful link tree. I checked it out earlier today. It's all nice and organized. She has so many resources, her masterclass. Um, it's really great. So I encourage you to check it out. And before I let you go today, Steph, um, what would be something that you could say to that woman who's listening, who maybe experiences those moments where her emotions are just going nuclear and overtaking her. What's something that you can say to her that maybe would inspire her to get help, to reach out, to start making that transformative change? That that is not you. 
Like, although it feels so real that that is who you are, it is actually not you. The essence of you, the spark that you are, the beautiful human that you know really deep down you want to be is there. Otherwise, you wouldn't feel so uncomfortable as you are. Like, if you were just happy as you were, you wouldn't be noticing these things. You wouldn't be feeling uncomfortable in it because it would be aligned. It's not aligned because it's not who you are. So knowing that it's not real, that that voice in your head is telling you absolute garbage, not to believe that, and to really just give yourself what you need. Like a lot, women find it really difficult to put themselves first. They'll put everyone else before themselves and your the people in your life they need you to put yourself first so that you can be the best version of you for them. And so if you won't do it for you, do it for them. Um, but really to basically prioritise getting back to who you truly are, with, if you've known her before or if you haven't yet to meet her, she's there waiting for you and just stay stubborn in that in that journey to getting back to her because it is so worth it. Love it. That was poetry. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Steph, for coming on today. And um, I just really, really appreciated it. And I hope our listeners out there um, felt the love and will check Stephanie's link tree out and reach out to her to get the, to get that inspiration and start transforming today. Thanks, Steph. Thank you. Bye, everybody. We will see you on the next episode. Take care.